This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Finding suitable mental health medications can be a challenge. The GeneSight test may help. Did you know that genetics can play an important role in gaining insight on how a person may respond to various medications? Understanding this may help reduce medication trial and error. GeneSight is a genetic test that analyzes variations in DNA. It shows how genes may affect someone's metabolism or response to medications commonly prescribed to treat depression, anxiety, and other mental health conditions. Visit GeneSight.com for more information. This is The Jerry Callahan Show. Well, you remember all the things they put you through for two years, all the COVID crazies out there. You know, your mother or father, grandfather, grandmother died alone in a nursing home. You couldn't say goodbye. You couldn't have a funeral. Your kid can't read. You lost your small business. Oh, all that just let bygones be bygones and an Atlantic writer, an Atlantic magazine writer has a proposal. How about COVID amnesty for all the things they put you through? We got a better idea. How about not? How about a reckoning? How about bringing these people to justice? I don't think anybody is going to forget what they did. We have a reminder of some of the things they did. Some of the insane overreaction is if you don't remember And I think we can all agree that this Atlantic magazine person and all of the people who are on her side can just go screw. Uh, David DePape, David DePapey, David DePapi. I've heard his name mentioned, uh, uh, pronounced like nine different ways. We have an update from the mainstream media. All those things they told you about over the weekend, eh, forget it. We We have so many retractions from things that they alleged over the weekend. It's... It's hilarious. Uh, we do have an update. We do have one uh, new factoid. He's an illegal alien. So add that, that to the list of things that make him uh, a very unlikely, a very unlikely MAGA guy. But that won't stop the media from making him out to be some kind of right-wing zealot. That's the narrative, man, and they're sticking to it. People are bailing on Twitter because, you know, Elon Musk is going to bring back free speech. And there's lots of celebrities who don't like that. We're going to give you the list and uh, ask a question. Have you heard of any of these people? (laughs) The definition of celebrity ain't what it used to be. An ESPN reporter goes after Kyrie Irving, who's like the number one villain in sports right now. And uh, Kyrie gives it right back to him. And we got this story, which is not going to get a lot of play, but it really should. The Intercept, a website, The Intercept, reports that uh, the FBI met with uh, the Department of Justice uh, in the FBI met with all the big tech companies on a monthly basis and were told which news stories to suppress, which people to kick off the various platforms. And the amazing thing about this is most of the mainstream media is ignoring it. It's like a huge bombshell by a, uh, by a left-wing website 
but the mainstream media, they don't want to hear it. They don't want, they like what big tech and the uh, Biden regime are doing. So they're just going to, they're just going to give it a big leaving alone. And we have perhaps the most amazing example of plagiarism uh, you will ever hear. Not, not the Joe Biden aside, obviously Joe Biden's one of the great plagiarists. It's not even in the Boston Globe, which is kind of like the home office for plagiarism. It's a late night comic, quote unquote, just stealing from another comedian. And we have the sound. It's incredible. We'll, we will play you that and get into that and a lot more. Today's Callahan show brought to you by my pillow. Today's show is sponsored by MyPillow. Go to MyPillow.com and use code word Jerry for huge discounts. It's that time of year. It's time to start thinking about the holidays, thinking about Christmas. And this is how you make it easy. You go to MyPillow.com. You get the standard MyPillow, normally $69.98 for only $19.98 with code word Jerry. MyPillow is made in the USA. It comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. It's machine washable and dryable. It's the most comfortable pillow you'll ever sleep on, and it makes a great Christmas gift. Get it now and support this show and strike back against cancel culture. MyPillow isn't available in big box stores and you know why, but you can get factory direct pricing. If you order from mypillow.com using code word, Jerry, not only can get the pillows, you can get the Giza sheets, buy one, get one free half office slippers. They have the greatest slippers in the world. Six piece towel set, regular one Oh nine 99, just 39 99 with code word, Jerry over 150 products at mypillow.com. Check it out. It really makes Christmas shopping easy. Just go to MyPillow.com and use promo code Jerry. All right, happy November. We got past uh, sober October. We got through it. We got through Halloween, another Halloween, which when I don't even know when this happened, but I was telling my wife, I don't remember when I dressed up as a kid. You just kind of, you took something and you put something on your face, took like a piece of charcoal and put it on your face or some, some makeup and you drew something on your face and you wore, and you dressed as a hobo. That was the easiest thing to do. And you grabbed an old pillowcase and you went around the neighborhood. Now it is like some major production in my neighborhood. It was like Mardi Gras and more than half the people out there dressed up were adults. When did adults start getting into these elaborate costumes you know who I blame for this, Ironhead? I blame Amazon because it's really easy now if you have the money to just go on Amazon and buy some great costume and they put it on. And I think for, it's like, it's okay for a few minutes. And then I go, what are you doing the rest of the day? You're going to wear that stupid costume all day, all night. And it's almost like they, the kids are secondary. The kids are an afterthought. It's about adults going out and just uh, showing off just how much they spent on their Halloween costume. And uh, I guess they go trick or treating. I don't know. It's, it's a holiday just, for, it's a holiday for the whores. Now they just, they wear like nothing <laughs> holidays for the, though I'm okay with that. But I, I was, I did see one costume. I was looking for this. There were lots of people and I'm telling you in this, in, in, in my neighborhood in Boston, it is a big, big deal. I mean, they were just, themes, families, I mean, houses, homes decorated like it's Christmas, but there were lots of people who went, there was a couple of Tom Brady's there were, I, I counted two Bryce Harper's. I think they were in the same family, but they were, you know, obviously Phillies, Phillies fans. There were, there was a Larry bird. It was a woman who had a blonde wig 
and she was tall and she had a bird shirt and she had old school high socks on and she had, you know, like Converse All-Stars. She was good. It was good. It was a good costume. And then I was looking for this. There was a Patrick Mahomes and he had a Mahomes jersey and he had a little wig with a little, uh, I don't want to say Afro, but a, a dark, dark hair. And he had a little goatee like Mahomes. He was pretending to be an African-American or at least a mixed race person. So I immediately, I called Boston Globe. I said, I, I took a picture. I sent it to him. I said, this man's life must be destroyed. He's pretending to be an African-American. You cannot do that. And I thought, how absurd is that, that notion that you can be Tom Brady or Larry Bird or, or Bryce Harper, but you can't be Patrick Mahomes because I, I never understand how we got to this point. Now, obviously, I laugh when someone like Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon or, or uh, Justin Trudeau gets caught in blackface because uh, it's, it's in many cases, it's not fair because it didn't used to be a really offensive thing to dress up as whatever, Carl Malone. And this guy, I mean, it was perfectly innocent. He's a Mahomes fan. He tried to make it as authentic as possible. He put the little goatee and the little, and he was going as, you know, the great quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs. How did that get to be offensive? Who decided that a white man who's a Patrick Mahomes fan can't go as his favorite player on Halloween? Now, I didn't really care, and I don't think anybody else did. But if he were on TV, if he were like, a, you know, these TV morning shows do uh, pretend to be or, or, or get dressed up. Who's this? Who are we looking at? Is uh, Clay Travis and his family being the uh, 96 Bulls? So they went, well, they didn't put any, well, Clay Travis has like a bald wig on. Who's he supposed to be? He's supposed to be Jordan, even though he's got the hype for Pippen. So that seems like a mistake and miscast. He's supposed to be Jordan. That's Michael Jordan. So we put no effort into it. They just bought a bunch of Bulls jerseys. His wife put on a green wig to be uh, Dennis Rodman. Is that this year? Is this new? Yeah. He posted okay, he should be canceled. His life should be over. They should fire him from all his jobs. They should take his company away. He should be absolutely bankrupted for this because I'm very offended. You know, I guess they give, I mean, they didn't try to look like the players though. The Patrick Mahomes guy did. And I'm thinking, I obviously I, nobody was offended. Nobody cared. Probably lots of people told him it looked great. And somewhere, somehow we decided that's offensive. I don't get it. You can you could dress up as, you know, anybody. And, and, and as long as you don't, Try. I mean, a, a black person could dress up as a white person. Nobody would care. But if a white person dresses up as a black person, it's like Al Jolson stuff. It's weird. Anyway, that uh, I, I just laughed when I saw the guy who looked. You know, again, he had a little fake wig, so he was wearing uh, not didn't have his own hair. He, I don't know if he bought that one on Amazon. Do you get on Amazon? And you say, you know, like Afro or black hair or what do you do? Uh, you know, I don't think again, there's, I don't guy, think there's a safe way to search that if the FBI gets involved. No, no. We, uh, this, this commenter here, Nick said, Oh, you put, uh, um, charcoal on your face. That's racist. No, it was like, you went like as a cat burglar. All you need to do is like a winter hat, you know, black clothes and put charcoal on your face and you're a cat burglar. It was simple. All I did was try to think of simple things. I never had a store bought costume in my life and the idea that I would ask my father or mother, can you help make me a costume? 
Uh, I mean, that those we just didn't do it that way. It was it was simpler. All you did was you 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 know whatever painted your face or put on a stupid hat and went out and got candy. That's mm-hmm. all. It wasn't a major event, and it's certainly I don't remember any adult like any teacher or any any uh, parent or neighbor adult dressing up. It didn't happen. Now they're all dressed up. It's Whatever. That's my uh, old man rant of the day. We can move on. We made it through another Halloween. Did you go all the way to Winthrop with your with your kids, Ironhead? I didn't end up going. Uh, my son was pretty sick. So. Oh, good for you. Yeah, did I he know. have COVID? Did he have COVID? Because no. if he did, you should be locking down. We're going to get to the crazy COVID overreaction and this proposal from this Atlantic writer. But I think I got to update the the pape, the papey, the poppy, the pop. I've seen his name pronounced five different ways over and over again. I'm going to call him the pape. Uh, David the pape, as we know, he's a, uh, a drug addict. He's a nudist. He's homeless. He lives in like an old school bus next to a house that appears to be a commune with Black Lives Matter flags and rainbow flags. He's well known to local authorities. Uh, he's apparently he's he's a father of at least three, but apparently he's uh, not exactly a, a, a model father. Um, anyway, here's our update. All the things we learned from the mainstream media over the, the the weekend. Forget those. Forget those. Most of them have been retracted. Uh, but we did learn one new thing from Fox News, of course, from uh, Bill Malusian. He's an illegal alien. <laughs> <laughs> from Canada. So add that to the profile of the MAGA, MAGA guy, you know, the MAGA right-wing extremist, illegal alien, nudist, hippie, living in a bus, uh, and he's a drug addict and an illegal alien who makes hemp jewelry. That's what he does for for a hobby. I assume he doesn't make a living making hemp jewelry. He's got the, uh, the, the gay pride and BLM flag flying on his bus as well. Right. Those are the dead giveaways that he's a big Trump guy, uh, according to the mainstream media. But uh, just a quick rundown of uh, retractions. The uh, Politico said a third person answered the door when the cops came. Politico then uh, deleted that and accused anybody who said that of buying into conspiracy theories. The same media outlet that reported that a third person answered the door when the cops came at the Pelosi mansion, uh, they took that down, deleted that, and then if you then they accused uh, people of of buying in and, and uh, advancing promoting conspiracy theories. If you got that from them. Got that? Uh, NBC also said there were three people in the house. They retracted that. Fox said they were both in their underwear. They retracted that. So as I said yesterday, feel free to speculate. Go nuts. Go nuts because they're gonna, you're going to get two things from the mainstream media. You're going to get blatant lies. That, and I'll, I'll give you a great example of that in a second. <clears throat> or you're going to get misinformation. Disinformation. Because uh, they're all hustling uh, to try and get the story first. And you're not going to get uh, honesty, honest answers from the authorities. There was a great breakdown of this by, uh, what did I see that? Greg Kelly on Newsmax. He, he's good. Um, and he went into the 
press conferences that the chief of police in San Francisco gave. One he gave late on Friday night. It was like after 11 p.m. Eastern time. And he said like a dozen things on Friday night that turned out to be false. Uh, and they're obviously their, their goal is to protect Pelosi's. Their goal is to protect their, their swamp creatures, man. And their goal is to protect Paul Pelosi and Nancy Pelosi. And I have yet to see, uh, and nobody has seen the, the body cam, the, the footage, any of the, the, the video from the home. We know they had security cameras, not only in the home, but outside the home, the neighborhood is just strewn with cameras so the cops are going to get video and I'm just going to predict they will suppress it. They will hide it. They will, they will uh, ignore it. You will not, unless someone fights hard and, and, uh, and, and pushes them, they're not, we're not going to see the video. The cover up, in other words, is in full swing, but my favorite, and I don't think we have it. That's okay. But you know, we played yesterday, the nine one one call. I mean, we could play it again, but it's a cop talking about the the RP, that's the reporting person, and what they said to them. Yeah, why don't you get that? Get the call. We played it yesterday. There's an amazing example of media bias, you know, my favorite topic, media corruption. I think it was NBC. It might have been MSNBC, whatever, same thing. And they play the 911 call, and they delete, they edit out the reference to a friend. So the pape uh, is in the home. Uh, we know Paul Pelosi went to the bathroom where he allegedly made the 911 call. Again, everything is just uh, speculation at this point because the mainstream media is so dishonest. They've already retracted half the stories. They'll retract more. There'll be more lies. And the goal for most of them is to help the uh, Pelosi family and the Democrats through this tough time, get them through next Tuesday. That's the goal. But they played the 911 call and took out the part because this is the hardest thing to explain away. They want you to believe in many cases, it's a right-wing extremist, a conspiracy theorist, a four chan guy, an election denier. They're going to keep trying to push that narrative. It's ridiculous, but if they were calling apart, him QAnon yesterday, QAnon, 4chan, QAnon. I don't even know. I honestly don't know what the hell that is. I don't know what that means. You know, 4chan, QAnon. I don't know. Anyway, obviously he's a dirtbag, hippie, crazy, mental patient, drug addict. Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't fit the profile. So they're going to say, look at his website. Which, by the way, you want a conspiracy theory? I believe he started the website two months ago and started writing things like a month ago. <laughs> Uh, you want to make this all into one big uh, diabolical plot. What the hell did he do that for a month ago, two months ago? And then he decided to go in there and bash Nancy Pelosi in the kneecaps, according to the FBI. Bash her in the kneecaps and uh, make and hold her hostage. Again, you're talking about the FBI. This is not a credible organization. I don't believe anything they say unless it's confirmed, unless I see the video, unless there's uh, corroborating witnesses or, or, or stories. I mean, you're not, you can't believe We've, they've been lying to us for years anyway. And we will get to the, to the FBI, just how sinister they truly are. We're going to get to that story, but think of that. And a network 
uh, the television network, news network, doing the story and taking out the reference to the friend. Because if you believe that, it happened. I mean, trust me, we have it. We played it. He says he's a friend. So if he's a friend, the whole narrative falls apart. The whole story falls apart if you believe what Paul Pelosi says on that call, that that the Pape is a friend. What kind of friend? They're hanging with a family friend, a late night drunken friend. What kind of friend? Uh, it's it's the, to me the biggest question is what's the relationship there? You know why did he pick that house? Why was there no security? How did he walk right in? Where's all the video? There's still many many questions, and just just keep in mind when you get what you think are the answers, be skeptical because these people these these. The, the, these these reprobates in the mainstream media, they are lying to you about everything. We've already had many, many examples of that. Can we play the Tucker thing? Because it's good. Tucker's about a minute long, and he goes all in on this absurd narrative that he's a, uh, a right-wing extremist. And they, they don't care that the, it, it's not supported by the facts. They're going to go with it. They're going to go with it. I was watching uh, MSNBC flipping around this morning. They're going with it. This is right-wing extremist violence. This homeless, drug addict, nudist, hemp jewelry maker living in a bus with BLM and, and rainbow flags. That guy, he's just another January. We gave you the story from AP yesterday when they alleged that this has echoes of January 6th because of the zip ties. You know who else had zip ties? The punk that was trying to kill Brett Kavanaugh. I don't remember a lot of echoes of January 6th that day, but apparently we have echoes of January 6th from this hippie who uh, <laughs> was a friend of the Pelosi's and broke into the Pelosi's home. That's somehow tied to January 6th. But listen, let's listen to Tucker sum it up nicely in about a minute. Highly unsurprising thing about David DePappy. He's also an illegal alien. Today, Fox's Bill Malugin learned that Tapapi, who was originally from Canada, has long overstayed his visa. So he is currently in this country illegally. So to restate the perpetrator in this violent crime against Paul Pelosi is a mentally ill, drug-addicted, illegal alien nudist who takes hallucinogens and lives in a hippie school bus in Berkeley with a BLM banner and a pride flag out front. So take those uncontested facts and let them rattle around your brain for a moment until a recognizable pattern emerges. What does this sound like to you? If you guessed this is obviously a textbook case of homegrown right-wing extremism, well, then obviously you've been watching a lot of cable news today. Yeah, and then he's got a whole montage of uh, examples on uh, cable news, MSNBC, CNN, trying their best, working their hardest to tie this to, uh, to Republicans because we are one week away from a red wave. And I'm trying not to get too excited but the polls are looking great. We the latest poll, Lee Zeldin is beating the, the vile Kathy Hochul, one of the great lockdown fanatics, the unelected governor of New York. If the governor of New York is a Republican, is Lee Zeldin, man, you know the uh, worm has turned. Lots of other encouraging polls. I, again, I feel like a, I can't get my hopes up too high because the, the, you know what I'm afraid of? <clears throat> Philadelphia has already said it's going to take days to count the ballots. They could do, you know, every other country can do it in a, a night. We used to be able to do it in a night, but the Pennsylvania race is so tight. It's going to take them days 
to steal that that uh, election and and uh, and put uh, a brain damaged Neanderthal in the uh, Senate. I'm afraid of that one. I'm afraid of places where they have corruption in the past. Wisconsin, close race in Wisconsin. I'm sure they're uh, plotting on how to steal that one too. We'll see. Oh, am I allowed to say that? Can I say that they're going to try to steal it in Pennsylvania because that's what they do? <laughs> we'll see. But uh, things are looking good. I just, I mean, 51-49, that's all I ask for in the Senate. And obviously, uh, Republicans are going to take the House in a big way. But uh, we'll be looking for more uh, more of the latest from San Francisco. Nancy uh, Nancy Pelosi, I believe, is out there with her husband, who has a fractured skull, the poor guy. Um, and if it's true that, that the pape was looking for Nancy, you know, he said, where's Nancy? The same thing they said on January 6th. I don't have evidence of that either. Do, do we, if that's on audio, if there's some recording, if there's some video, if we have the doorbell cam of the pape, you know, wielding a hammer, why not see it? That that would help their case. Let's see it. Let's see it today. Let's see it before election day. If it's if it's going to help their case to make this guy out to be some QAnon lunatic who wanted to 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 kill the speaker of the house, hey, let's see the video. It's it's there. We know they have it. If we don't see it, that means the fix is in. Simple as that. This one's cut and dry, black and white. If we don't see any video from the cops or from the home ca- home video cameras, the home security system, then the fix is in, which will be no surprise at all. All right, we got to move to this uh, story. There's a couple of just amazing uh, examples of media corruption. And again, you know, I love those. This could, this one just makes me laugh out loud. If you missed it yesterday, you can still see it. You can still read it. Uh, there's a story, a, a, a story in Atlantic magazine. Obviously nobody reads that it's owned by Steve jobs, widow. It's just a total left-wing rag that is uh, still exists for one reason to protect the regime, to protect the establishment. These are, uh, that's the job of the mainstream media and no one uh, exemplifies it better than Atlantic magazine. So they have this piece yesterday by Emily Oster, She's a professor at Brown University. Of course she is. The headline, let's declare a pandemic amnesty. Oster writes, quote, we need to forgive one another for what we did and said when we were in the dark about COVID. I'm not sure I've read a line that infuriates me more. There's the headline from the Atlantic magazine. Declare, she writes, yeah, that's the headline, the subhead. I don't remember reading anything that infuriates me more. The good news is nobody's buying it. Nobody's going with it. I mean, unless you're Kathy Hochul or Gretchen Whitmer or Charlie Baker or one of these other lockdown fanatics that went to the extreme to uh, placate the far left, the Fauci fans, unless you're one of them, this must, this has to infuriate you. Just think of what they put you through. Um, the, the examples and God knows we've gone through uh, a million of them, um, sh- you know, closing schools, your kid can't read. I, I, I say this all the time. I, it didn't affect me like it affected some of my friends, people I know, neighbors. I have a very good friend that lost a gym. They, this couple, they owned a gym for 33 years. They had a great thing going, great membership. They were shut down to the point where they couldn't do it anymore, couldn't pay the bills. They went under. 
It was ridiculous. It was unnecessary. It was draconian. It's why Charlie Baker is a fraud and a phony and a liar, uh, an alleged Republican who just bent the knee to the Boston Globe and took every extreme measure to, to destroy people's lives. If you're watching along with us, here's a cop choking some kid for not wearing a mask, literally some kid taking a woman, a girl by the throat, slamming her against the wall. I got a question for uh, Emily Oster. Is that girl who was being, and now uh, this guy being tackled, is this the same girl being tackled to the ground face first in the pavement and handcuffed for not wearing a mask? Quick question, Emily. Is she supposed to forgive that cop and just say, oh, he was in the dark. We knew. I'll say it over and over and up forever. We knew by April of 2020 that they were, they were overreacting, that it didn't affect children, didn't kill children, that it affected the elderly, the obese, and the things. Oh, this is another one. I can't even look at this. If you're watching along, it's a little kid. How old? Two, maybe? Two, probably. Yeah. And this evil woman, I, I assume it's a teacher or a daycare provider, this evil, evil person is just forcing this kid to, to, to wear the mask. Kid takes it off because that's what two-year-olds do, puts it back on, puts it. And, and there's, and I, I, I shouldn't blame her. She's probably stupid. She believed, you know, her political leader. She believed the media that the kids, I mean, it's just so absurd. We knew cloth masks didn't work two, more than two years ago. We knew there was no transmission outdoors and yet people, governors like Whitmer and Newsom and Baker, shut down playgrounds, put locks, padlock playgrounds, canceled sports, filled in skate parks with sand, put big fences around skate parks, took down basketball hoops. I don't know why that sticks in my brain as a, a, more than anything. They took down rims so you couldn't shoot baskets, play one-on-one with a friend. Somehow they decided that was for public health. These monsters should pay for this. They should pay. There should be trials. I mean, Dr. Fauci should be criminally charged. People died. They denied them therapeutics. They denied them medicine that could have helped. People died because all Fauci wanted to do was was convince you that nothing mattered but the vaccine. His goal was to make lots of money this is amazing. We're watching more video of them sicking the dogs on people without masks, clubbing them. These are cops. They're not always in the United States. I'm not sure where this is. This, uh, in is, Europe? Yeah. It Europe. It doesn't matter. They have the same policies. These None of them should be forgiven. These cops, they, none of them should be forgiven. They should be uh, ostracized. They should be kicked out of polite society forever. Just a few more examples. And by the way, how about Andrew Cuomo killing 10,000, 15,000, I believe the number, 15,000 seniors. Um, uh, uh, also, uh, Rachel Levine, who's a man, killing thousands of seniors in Pennsylvania. And what was the response? She got a job. He got a job in the Biden administration. Uh, um Biden saying it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated. We're heading for a winter of sickness and illness and death because of the unvaccinated. It was a lie. How about the teachers unions claiming that uh, if you force them to go back to work, this is, uh, I just read this uh, story. There's uh, lots of places you can go to see, um, to see examples of the over the top extreme measures they took. Um, 
teachers claimed they were uh, the, the union, by the way, the teachers union who were the architect, the driving force behind lockdowns. If your kid and, and we've, and we've set back learning two decades, I believe 20 years, we've gone back to test scores and down reading is down every, all, all the measures they use to gauge uh, learning. They're all, they've all been uh, set back because of teachers unions Remember, they insisted on we need new ventilation in schools. It was just a way to keep them on vacation. As we know, teachers had a, in some cases, a year-long vacation. Here's here's a, a good one. Headline of CNN: Teachers are so worried about returning to school that they're preparing their wills. Educators prepare for reopening with living wills and life insurance. That's from CNN. So teachers who were teaching whatever, eight, eight-year-olds, 10-year-olds, 12-year-olds, who had no danger of dying, no danger of getting COVID from these kids, were preparing their wills. And if you, if you don't recall, I mean, there's so many. There were makeshift graves. They, and to protest them reopening schools and getting kids back in school, which they should have done from day one. They never closed schools in Sweden and they're not 20 years behind, and then no kids died there, just like no kids died here. Uh, they, they put makeshift graves for the teachers outside school to protest them being told to get back to work. And they were, you know, they were getting paid the whole time, unlike the gym owner, the bar owners. I believe the number in Massachusetts is 4,000 small businesses were bankrupted by Charlie Baker and the various blue state mayors who bought into these extreme positions. And now, now Atlantic Magazine, one of those lockdown fanatic, you know, rags that, that pushed every extreme lockdown measure, they want to forgive and forget. Well, double birds to Atlantic, uh, nobody is forgiving and forgetting. I just think of <clears throat> what I went through when I lost my parents, and I guess it was lucky, it was before COVID, it was just before COVID in the case of my mother who was in a nursing home. The idea that someone in a nursing home, the throes of dementia could FaceTime or Zoom with their loved ones is absurd. These people could barely, uh, you're lucky if they recognize you when you show up. And that person with dementia, loneliness, struggling, suffering, had to die alone because some lunatic decided that uh, if you weren't vaccinated or if you didn't, or you couldn't go in there. There were, there were people, they not only died alone, but they couldn't have a funeral. They couldn't have a wake. There were rules against it. Not for George Floyd, who had like 27 funerals and a gold <laughs> casket. Not for uh, uh, John Lewis. No, he had a state funeral where all the lockdown fanatics, all the COVID crazies showed up and uh, ignored their own rules. I mean, you could have BLM rallies. You couldn't go to church. They closed churches. They left strip joints and, and drug dispensaries open and closed churches. Those people want to know why you can't just get over it. Let bygones be bygones. Your loved one died alone. You couldn't have a funeral. There are people right now, guys with babies, two, three, two-year-olds, they couldn't be in the delivery room. They couldn't be in the 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 uh, office, the OBGYN's office, to look at the sonogram. No, couldn't do that because COVID. And then they had a baby, and they had to wait at home or out in the waiting room. You know, with their mask, socially distance. Those people are supposed to forgive and forget. 
screw that. Screw them all. The idea, uh, it's just, it's just disgusting. You're supposed to just get over it. There's a, I don't know if you have, do you have the, do you have the Jesse Kelly phone call? Because this, this is Jesse Kelly, the um, syndicated radio guy on at night. Um, and he's on uh, the first on TV. He's, he did a few shows that were really good. Just had people call and tell their stories of what they went through during COVID, how they lost their businesses. They lost their jobs. They got fired. They got, you know, beaten up by a cop, how their kid didn't learn to read. And you think of all those people. And, and I heard them at the time. It was, it was heartbreaking. And now the people who did that, the people who, who destroyed you know, the learning, the, the ability to learn of some third grader can't, can't read, couldn't socialize, you know, went into a funk or a teenager who got on, got hooked on drugs or, or, uh, you know, alcohol or domestic abuse or, or just went into a funk, went into a depression because of these people, they want you to just get over it. Cause you know, we were all in the dark. That is a lie. We weren't in the dark. We knew this was insane almost two and a half years ago. We knew there was no reason to uh, close schools. We knew there was no reason to close gyms, bars. It's insane what they, what they, I mean, think of it. I went to restaurants. That's where I think I got COVID, by the way. I think I got it at a restaurant. I did too. And you, you wore your mask until you sat at your seat, then you took your mask off. And then when you had to take a leak, you put your mask on to walk to the bathroom. What the hell is, what science is behind that? There's none. They just were getting off on the control. They love the control and they just every day scumbags like, like Whitmer and Baker and Newsom and Cuomo, they woke up and said, how can I flex my muscles and exert my control over these, over these little people? Uh, how do I, how can I do that today? And it's all over. They were wrong about everything. We were right about everything. And they just want you to forgive it. You know, with mistakes, they happen. You know, it's like, you know, if people make mistakes, it happens. So your mother died alone. You didn't get to say goodbye. We didn't let you have a funeral or a wake. Can't you just get over it? Your kid can't read. He's in depressed. He's, he's, he's cutting himself. Why can't you just get over it? God, these people are vile. Just vile, vile human beings. But uh, do we have that phone call or no? Yep. Just listen to this. This is Jesse Kelly asking, it's only about a minute, asking, again, people to call and tell their stories of what COVID did. What the, I shouldn't say COVID, forgive me. What the insane overreaction to COVID did to their families, did to their jobs, their livelihoods. And usually it was people who got fired for being unvaxxed or people who got yelled at for the mask slipping below their nose or I don't know. I'll never forget the two-year-old autistic kid who got kicked off an airplane. His whole family, you can Google it if you want, his whole family got kicked off a flight because a two-year-old autistic child couldn't keep the mask over his nose and mouth. How insane is that? How insane is that? And now you want to be forgiven? You know, how about suck it? How about go screw your, your forgiveness? That's where I, uh, anyway, this is just one example. Listen to this guy. I think he's from Connecticut, I believe. Uh, doesn't matter, but he calls to tell Jesse what happened to him and his son during the uh, shutdowns, how it affected them, how it, how it messed up his kid and what he's going through. Listen to this. Yes, sir. 
Hey, thanks for what you do. Um, I'll try to make it through this phone call. Um, take your time, John. John, you take your time. There's no rush. I want people to hear this. Take your time. It's all right, John. It's okay. 18-year-old special needs student. Mm -hmm. Autistic. He's never recovered. He's alive. He just couldn't go back to school. He's 20 now. He's six foot five. I'm six foot four. He's in psychosis. He attacks us. He attacks us almost every day because he's in psychosis. John, you just, just, you don't have to say anymore. You don't have to say anymore. I, everyone just heard you don't want to say anymore. It's heartbreaking. I, I can't even imagine. God bless you, my brother. God bless you. All right. Yeah, John, just get over it. Just get over it. What's a big deal? So your six foot five inch autistic kid went into psychosis because he couldn't go to school and interact with other people. Now he stays home and attacks his family members. Just get over. What's the big deal? I had uh, not 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 as many responses or as good a response as that, but I had lots of people saying that they lost their jobs, they lost their businesses. Uh, oh, look at this. I got someone who sent me a picture trying to speak to their mother, grandmother in the nursing home on Zoom, and, the, and they can't figure it out, and the mother, the... the Oh, I can't even look at it as like a breakdown crying because she can't talk to her loved ones. Never forgive, forget what they did. They do not deserve forgiveness. Says this person. Uh, that's true. And I didn't even mention all the people who got fired, all the cops, people kicked out of the military. They're supposed to forgive and forget. You lost your job. Just insane. The idea just get over it. There had better be, I think. Uh, some Republicans are, are going to pursue this um, uh, when uh, they take the House, hopefully, and put people like, here it is, Marianne says, lost my job, shunned by my family, and had to keep a depressed friend off the ledge for two years. I'll never forget, fuck them, says Marianne on uh, Twitter yesterday, and she got lots of people responding to her. It, it, and and they, they're just so cavalier about it, you know, all the, all that, looking at this, all the people, Jimmy Kimmel and Don Lemon and Howard Stern, and they're all saying, he's, he's, uh, they're all saying, you know, the, the vaccine, screw the unvaccinated, blame the unvaccinated, fuck them, fuck their freedom, says Howard Stern. Sure. Yeah, we'll just forget that. We'll just get over that. Screw that. All right, enough of that. We got to move. We got to move. Let's, uh, we got to get to this intercept story and we got to get to the greatest example of uh, plagiarism not involving Joe Biden, I think I've ever seen. Let me do Shay and we'll get to all that. This is uh, for you homeowners and home builders out there. Did you know that Shea Concrete has a huge selection of precast concrete steps? Of course you did. 
I've been telling you about this. This is the best thing. I think it might be the best thing they do is their precast concrete steps. Whether you're building a new home or you need to replace an old staircase in an old home, Shea has great values with designs for any home. Available in concrete, or you can customize the steps with beautiful stone, granite, or brick. A new staircase can dramatically upgrade the front front entrance of your home. In most cases, they can remove the old stairs and have you walking up your new front steps within hours. Just like that, you call Shea, they come over, they take the old steps away, which, by the way, they're really heavy. That is a pain in the ass. They take the old steps away, they put the new steps. You can sit in the window with the AC cranking and watch it all happen. And when they're done, your house looks better and it's worth more. This isn't an expense, this is an investment in your home. Check it out. You can learn more about Shea's precast concrete steps at SheaConcrete.com. And by the way, you can also look for a job there. You can go to Shea Concrete or get on SheaConcrete.com. They're always hiring. It's a great company, a great place to work. Maybe it's time for you to upgrade your profession and go work for Shea. Check that out as well at SheaConcrete.com. All right, quick question for you, Ironhead. See if you can handle this. Yep. Uh, who are the following people? Tia Leone, Shonda Rhimes, Alex Winter, Sarah Baralis. I never, Anything? nothing. <laughs> Those are four people who have uh, said they are quitting Twitter for celebrities, blue checks. Of course. And uh, they just got absolutely owned on Twitter when they announced it. But these are people who said, sorry, I'm out of here. I can't be here with Elon Musk. Uh, you know what? Where they're going, they all say they go to other platforms. You know, they go to Facebook, which isn't owned by a, a, an evil billionaire, right? That's owned by some mom and pop operation. Uh, and they'll go to TikTok, which is run by the Chinese Communist Party. But an African-American who believes in free speech can't have that. Here's all you need to know about the reaction to Musk on Twitter is the people who are quitting Twitter, who are railing against Musk, who are who are uh, uh, predicting uh, doom and gloom and hate and violence and everything else, none of them is in jeopardy of being suspended, banned, or kicked off the platform. None of them. That's why Republicans or conservatives, libertarians, whatever, that's why they were upset with the last people that, that ran Twitter, because they were afraid of getting kicked off, banned. The people upset now, you know why they're upset? Because their enemies won't be won't be silenced. Because their enemies won't be kicked off the platform. They're not. There's no jeopardy of any of these people, Tia Leone or Shonda Rhimes or whoever that Alex Winter or any of the people who saying they're leaving Twitter. None of them. Jimmy Kimmel. He's not in danger of being kicked off. Think of that. They're upset that their opponents, people they disagree with politically, won't be silenced. It's a. It's a it's an amazing thing. Let's get to this. This is um, this is a story that most people will not read. I, I understand. It's by The Intercept, a website called The Intercept. Now, The Intercept, that used to be where Glenn, Glenn Greenwald started it, I believe, but he left because uh, they're a left-wing outfit, but they do some good work, some investigative reporter. They have this long, extensive story that came out yesterday, um, which is just, it's... Uh, uh, the headline is Truth Cops leaked documents outline DHS's plans to police disinformation. And it's a deep dive into the efforts by the deep state to control big tech and everything you feared. Remember we talked about that lunatic Mary Poppins girl that Nina Jankowitz mm -hmm. who did all her sing-songy stuff and she was going to be the new 
minister of uh, disinformation. She was going to go after all the enemies of the Biden regime, shut them down, suppress them. They pulled the plug on that publicly, but not, not really. It's just an amazing story. You have to read it or at least excerpts from it to believe it. I'll, I'll give you one example. I mean, the whole thing is about the efforts by the Department of Homeland Security, the FBI, the DOJ, the Biden regime to stop anybody that they don't like, you know, from speaking, to kick them off the platform, to delete their tweets, to suspend them, to ban them. And mostly it's not crazy, you know, people with just crazy opinions. It's people with uh, 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 data and, and, and uh, information about the COVID vaccine being ineffective, things like that, or people questioning the Afghanistan withdrawal and what a disaster that was. They, according to a draft copy of DHS's uh, Homeland Security Review, DHS's capstone report outlining the department's strategy and priorities, the department plans to target, quote, inaccurate information on a wide range of topics, including the origins of COVID, the efficacy of the vaccine, racial justice, the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan, and the nature of U.S. support to Ukraine. In other words, everything, all the big stories, they went to work, man. They had monthly meetings with the big tech companies, including Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and Google. Here's, an, here's a scary thing. J.P. Morgan had monthly meetings with these, these uh, fascists in the Biden regime, the Department of Homeland Security, which was, by the way, was uh, came out of 9-11. You know, it was founded to protect the homeland. And now they're going after people in the homeland for disinformation. J.P. Morgan's a bank. They're meeting with the government on how to suppress disinformation and misinformation. Not a big tech company, not Google. I mean, not Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. J.P. Morgan, which means... They're going to go after enemies of the regime who, you know, use their bank or their investment services. That is scary. But check this out. It's not just the Biden regime. It's not just the people who are now currently working in the executive branch. This is an amazing paragraph. Prior to the 2020 election, tech companies, including Twitter, Facebook, Reddit, Discord, Wikipedia, Microsoft, LinkedIn, and Verizon, met monthly with the FBI and other government representatives. According to NBC News, the meetings were part of an initiative still ongoing between the private sector and the government to discuss how firms would handle misinformation during the election. This is, this is not, Trump was president. Trump had control, allegedly, of the executive branch. And these people... The, the, the DHS and other swamp creatures, FBI, were meeting with big tech to help Biden, who was the challenger, taking on the incumbent. So they were working, this cabal was working with the, with the people who weren't yet in office to help them win the election, defeat Trump. When we all obviously know the, the Hunter Biden laptop story. That's just one of many stories that they met with 
Twitter and Facebook about suppressing, about stopping the public from hearing the facts about Joe Biden's involvement in all these dirty dealings overseas with his son, Hunter. He was the challenger. Trump was in office and the FBI is meeting with the big tech companies to stop people from learning the truth about Joe Biden's corruption. It's an incredible deep dive and incredible look into the corruption and to the deep state. You, you think there's no deep state, no swamp, read this. You'll be blown away. And here's an amazing uh, side note. Go find it on the mainstream media. Like I just checked CNN's homepage, not a word. I checked the Boston globe knowing the answer, not a word, not a word about this. I don't care where you stand politically. Doesn't it sound like kind of a big deal? The FBI meeting monthly with every single big tech firm to control the message, to suppress disinformation, including things like Hunter Biden's laptop, which wasn't disinformation, which was 100% true and they knew it, but they went to big tech. They went to Silicon Valley and said, kill this story before the election. And they did kind of a big deal. The mainstream media won't touch it. Tucker Carlson had the the writer, one of the two writers, Lee Fang, on last night. And the media was criticizing Fang, the writer, for going on Tucker to talk about it. They, 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 They don't want you to read this. The media, this is a huge story by any definition. And they don't want you to hear it. This could be the best example ever of the utter corruption, the immorality, the bias. The, the rigged game that the media is playing. This is proof that big tech colluded with the, with the Biden team to help to rig the election. And they don't want you to know it's, it's str- stunning, stunning, amazing, amazing story. All right. Before we wrap this up, we got to get to the greatest example. I, I, I was going to do uh, Kyrie Irving, but I, I hate both these people. The media is going after Kyrie. Kyrie is uh, retweeting, reposting. What do you call it on Instagram when you retweet, reposting things? You just share it to your story, I think. Sharing things on Instagram, anti-Semitic things. The media's upset. They're going after him. Uh, hell, the New York, New York Daily News editorial this morning talking about getting rid of him because he's kind of a lunatic. He's kind of a Kanye type who's... Uh, he he likes to tweak people with his uh, with his social media, and he's upset some people. And you know what the answer to Kyrie's uh, anti-Semitic stuff? I wouldn't say it's statements because it's just a retweet or a repost. Go watch the Nets game last night. There's a whole bunch of Jewish people in the front row with T-shirts that say "Stop anti-Semitism," and they are there, you know, right in Kyrie's face. That's the answer. You can't just cut the guy because you think he has, you, know, you don't like his opinions. Or and, and by the way, it's not his opinion. He said he just reposts things he thinks are interesting. Last I checked, retweets aren't endorsements. Anyway, maybe we'll get to that tomorrow. We got Joe Biden creeping on trick or treaters. He loved it, man. Trick or treaters came by. They got a Kit Kat. He got a sniff. That's he considers that a good deal anytime. Uh, but I want to get to, I want to get to this because this is hilarious. James Corden, if you don't know, is a late night comedian who big fat guy who is really nasty to little people, treats waitresses and waiters like dirt because, you know, he's special. 
he's a late night comedian. He's, he's famous for sitting in a car with celebrities and singing songs. Um, not sure what else he's known for, but now he's known for being a flat out thief, for being another Joe Biden. I'm sorry. I, I've, I live in, I used to live in fear that I would like accidentally like plagiarize a line from somebody because when you're in journalism, it used to be the end of your career. You get caught, you get caught stealing stuff. You're done. It's time to go to another career. You're done. That's not the case. Obviously the Boston globe, it's kind of institutional. Everybody there plagiarizes people who get caught plagiarizing, get five, six, seven, ten 10 chances. There's, you know, there's a guy, Kevin Cullen still working there, a flat out plagiarist when he's not making stuff up, he's stealing stuff that Mike Barnacle did it dozens of times before they finally get rid of him. Patricia Smith, Callum Borges, one person after another at the Boston Globe. So it's kind of a thing there. I mean, everybody knows the Globe is a joke. So when you read something in the Globe, just know it might have been written somewhere else and, and, and they lifted it. But And we know Joe Biden stole, you know, from uh, British labor leader Neil Kinnock, stole word for word his, his life story. Joe Biden's life story, literally. His story of his upbringing, his parents, his family was lifted, was stolen from somebody else. That guy got 81 million votes. Anyway, generally speaking, you steal stuff, you get caught, you're done. Doris Kearns Goodwin, another flat out thief, stole half a book she wrote about Kathleen Kennedy, I believe. She stole from someone else. She's still an honored guest on MSNBC and NBC and, you know, the people in the media, they love her. She's a thief, a flat out liar and a thief. Anyway, check out this example of plagiarism from James Corden stealing from Ricky Gervais. Nailed it. I get that right. You nailed it this time. Pretty good. Nailed it. Ricky Gervais. I, I just, there's other people named Gervais. Hell, a good friend of mine spells the same way as Jarvis Americanized it. Hmm. Gervais is a funny guy. We know that he's got a routine about it's uh, we'll, we'll, we'll play it, but, but, I had a rule. I have a rule. If I were going to steal, I didn't, I never would. I lived, I used to live in fear of being, uh, you know, like caught by accidentally like stealing a line that I popped into my head from a movie and somebody accusing me of stealing. Anyway, it's, it's, it's the cardinal sin. You just don't do it. And I think it's that way in comedy too. You don't steal other people's material. And if you do, you know, change some of the words. Wouldn't you say you could steal this, if you're going to steal this joke, change some of the words, change it. It's about guitar lessons, change it to drum lessons, you know, change mm. some of the, he just steals it word for word and thinks he's going to get away with it. Let's watch. Because I, at first I was like, well, this has to be a writer who stole it. But then if you listen, as you'll see, it's even said the same way. It's not even interpreted his own, his own. Uh, so you know what? You're right. That's a good point. Right. He's going to blame a writer. He's going to blame an assistant, he gets caught flat out red-handed stealing. And we know he's a scumbag. We know he treats little people like dirt. We know he, you know, blames the waitress if the food's not right. You know, what was it? His, his wife got an egg yolk omelet, which I've never even heard of. And there was a little egg white in it. And he got upset at the waitress. He's just a piece of garbage. Anyway, Watch this, how he can go on TV tonight after this, how he is not fired by, I don't even know who the hell he works for, NBC, CBS, ABC, 
This should cost you your job. This used to matter. Stealing, plagiarizing used to be a very serious offense. I guess not so much anymore now that we have the biggest plagiarist in the world in the White House. But ask yourself, did he think he was going to get away with this? Is he that arrogant, that brazen that he thought no one would notice? Ricky Gervais is only, what, one of the top two or three comedians in the world. And he steals from him a fairly recent riff, a fairly recent bit, and thinks he's going to get away with it. Go ahead, play it. Because if someone puts up a poster in a town square that says, guitar lessons available... That's like going into a town square, seeing a big notice board, and there's a notice, guitar lessons. Like, you don't get people in the town go, I don't want to play the guitar! And you go, but I don't fucking want guitar lessons. Well, then that sign wasn't for you. It was for somebody else. You don't have to get mad about all of it. Fine, it's not for you, then. Just walk away. Don't worry about it. That, that is that is amazing. And, and that blob is going to go on TV tonight and act like nothing happened. Sure is. I guess, again, with standards of fallen, I mean, yeah, yeah you got to go back, watch Joe Biden lift an entire speech about his life story from a, uh, the, the British guy, Neil Kinnock, to believe that. And you'll say, how did that guy survive that? But I guess plagiarism ain't what it used to be. Uh, I guess, you know, people like, you know, places like the Boston Globe and NBC and people like Joe Biden and, and James Corden have kind of lowered the bar. So plagiarism's okay, kids. As you're getting ready to, you know, do your papers in college today, do a paper that's due next week, your, your president's a thief. Go ahead, steal, steal some, find something somewhere and steal it. It's not a big deal anymore. Anyway, we'll find out if there's any repercussions for that blob, uh, James Corden, who's, uh, who, by the way, he was apologized to the restaurant owner after, you know, the waiters and waitresses, uh, after he abused the waiter and the owner kicked him out, said, you're banned. He apologized for him. Then he retracted the apology, said he's not really sorry. He's just a terrible person, but. Anyway, lots of terrible people out there. What will we do without them? We will leave it there for today. Thanks to everybody. Anything else, Ironhead? You look like, uh, I know we got a lot more. We got, we got all kinds of stuff. We will, we'll do it tomorrow. We'll do it the next day. We got six more days, well, seven more days till the, uh, till this election. I'm so excited. God, I hope they don't hurt, you know. Ruin my all my hopes and dreams. <laughs> I know. Watch it be like a big loss. <laughs> well, you know what? And the media is going to spin it as a. They'll never admit it's a real yeah. red wave. But I got some. I'm rooting hard for Tudor Dixon because I hate Gretchen Whitmore and Tudor's smoking hot. Those say, are the important. That's really important. Kerry Lake's going to win. That's going to be fun. Yep. There's. I'm hoping for Herschel Walker. Even though he's a terrible candidate, the guy's running against is worse. Um, there's lots of exciting. I wish we were part of it in Massachusetts. Uh, we ain't New Hampshire, although Ironhead doesn't know who he is, but we're rooting for Don Bolduck, General Don Bolduck. We're going to get him on this week, Ironhead? I've reached out. Uh, yeah, he's okay. reached out. You've reached out. Yep, sure. <laughs> he doesn't have his DMs open, so I had to go through his website's back channels. Uh, you work on that. We got uh, whatever it is, three more days. Uh, hopefully he can pull off the upset in New Hampshire. That will be wonderful. But we'll be following it all very, very closely and rooting hard for the for the red team. That'll do it. Thanks to everybody for listening. Thank you, Ironhead. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Show, and we'll do it again tomorrow. Here tonight, 
Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right. Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me I'm not. Who thinks it takes like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify.